You fumble through the channels and choices, looking for something to grab your attention. Your quest is to find something new and exciting. Just as you think you can search no more, you see it. A night of mystical intrigue and hilarious hijinks. From the streamers that brought you the Sunday Night Civ Show comes a new night of action and banter. The D&D Show. Join some of your favorite hosts from the civilization community as they take the seat at the table of the world's most popular roleplay game, Dungeons & Dragons. The D&D Show airs live on the Civ Show's Twitch channel every Wednesday from 6.30 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's sure to be a natural 20 of an evening. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Civ Show podcast, where we suck so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisas, raising Zozo and Nystagmus. And before we get started, we want to give a shout out to our close friend and supporter Keith Prosak for releasing his new board game, Arcane Arena. Arcane Arena is a tactile deck builder. Play as a mystical monk training in kung fu and magic to compete in martial arts tournaments. You can find the board game Arcane Arena on Kickstarter. So congratulations, Keith and team, for releasing their new board game. Go support it and support the Civ community. He's been a long, long member of the community, and we wish him the best, don't we? Yeah, Civ Painter, I want to play with you. We're going to play sometime. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to get these guys coming in and we're going to we're going to play the, this game like on Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> yeah, it's on Tabletop Simulator. We can make it happen. We can make it we happen. We can do it. I'm down. I, we have the I'm technology. The clown. Maybe we can make Warrior Monks finally good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they're already the best unit in the game, boy. They are already. Carl told us. <laughs> Did you guys know that this week, first in like over a month, I think, of Family Civ and then Family Podcast, where all the family is here, us three all together. I'm the family now? Oh, wow. I'm yeah, like it's been oh. a while, guys. And I apologize. It's, I've had camping and other stuff going on. Busy weeks, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's good Good to be back. Good to see Nystagmus and Moy here on a, on a Thursday. So hey, guys, hope you've been well on these past Thursdays. Thinking of me, yeah. I hope. Shows shows have been shorter, you know. They're like half an hour because yeah. uh, there's <laughs> not there's not the rambling. rambling. Yeah, there's no rambling. There's no rants, you know. But you got to give the people what they want. Like Sarge tunes in every week, hoping, fingers crossed, that Zoe will be on. You know, I, I he can confirm that. Oh yeah, of course. I, that's his like favorite emoji, Professor Zoe, who has not been on the show in a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the show, is, oh sorry. <laughs> I just mentioned every other night I met camping. Did you notice that the leaves the leaves are changing where I am? So fall. Oh fall really? Here, yeah. I've had leaves falling since like May in my neighborhood because we don't get we don't get a lot of sun, so the leaves fall so. So are you sure that the trees aren't so just? Often. You sure the trees aren't just dying? Uh, well they're huge, so no. Okay, not May, but like July. We'll say July. That's accurate. They're I don't know if they're dying because they're still growing. They're still massive. But they're there anyway. Uh, yes, the show. Uh, Zoe, you wanted to yeah. introduce. We played a show. We played a show and we were all there. It was the first family game of the Civ show in a while. Um, 
as you know, as you guys, everyone knows, uh, this month has been the Van Bradley and whoever else is available spectacular. And we've had uh, spotty me, myself and Nystagmus have not been there for every uh, episode. So I think that was the first one in I, I want to say like a month that all three of us were there with Van Bradley. And uh, it was so much fun. It was a really fun game. You know, Van Bradley's been winning a lot of Civ show. Okay, ever since Moy lent him that game genie. So he he came up with the game and it was an era score game. And it was surprisingly a simple game, even though he had like seven rules for it. And it kind of seemed very complicated when he explained rules. it. It was two rules. Uh, yeah, no, two I rules. could repost. There was like he had seven. He are had there, seven are there things. spoilers in your story? Are there spoilers? No, there's no spoilers. Of course okay. not. Um, but anyways, it, ultimately, it was a game of who had the highest era score at the end of the game. Of course, we also had a good old draft of banning. We hadn't had a, a good ban draft in a while. We, yeah, and we that was did a that good. That was a good. fun draft. Yeah. It was. It was really good. I was um, I was very surprised by the civs that didn't get banned. I banned Brazil. Sumeria? And Sumeria, right. And that was because we were playing with heroes on, even though the heroes had to be deleted right away. So the heroes were just for the era score. I chose those two because one, Brazil's ability with leaders is just nuts. I, I, what do they get? Like they basically start with Oracle, right? They basically get twenty five percent back or something like that. No, it's they can do like a carnival. So they build a they build a street carnival, which is like an entertainment complex, and then they do yeah. a city project that generates right, all types of generates. So either way, to me, that sounded like like great people are fantastic era score builders, right? Like because they're just reliable. Um, so they're able to build, get lots of guys. So I was like, all right, definitely not them. And then with Gilgamesh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, I remember has, I believe, uh, heroes are cheaper or buying them back is cheaper. And I think with heroes, you get two era score, two or three era score when you get them. And then when you bring them back, you get one or two era score. Uh, so I just remembered with Gilgamesh that they had something special for heroes. I was like, I wasn't having, I thought maybe Brazil had something special with heroes as well. So I was like, nope, not we're not going to have them. And then we already banned Georgia, obviously, because Georgia's base ability is uh, that they get the, the era score from from all that wacky stuff. Uh, who'd you guys ban? I banned Maori and Why? Russia. Maori because they. You know what? I don't really know. I'll be honest with you. That they one just kind of caught me off guard. Maori. The, the, oh, National Parks. That's why. National oh, okay. Parks. Because okay. they don't they don't upgrade their trees anyway, so they have a lot of land that's unupgraded, but it's good. So it's very easy for them to build national parks once they get to conservation. And getting to conservation as as Maori is very easy with your unique uh, amphitheater. So it turns all of your trees into one culture. So you're generating culture right. with every single tree in your empire. So like okay, that's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that fair. was that was the reason. And then Russia because Russia. Yeah. Russia <laughs> would have been ridiculous. They always ban yeah, Russia. They, they, Always, always. Be, if you have an opportunity, ban Russia. Uh, Nystagmus, who do you choose? Uh, I banned uh, French Eleanor, and I can't remember who uh, who else I banned. You banned China. Yeah, I did. Oh, I banned yeah, China, China because they're wonder building ability. Yeah. <laughs> Kenshi Huang. Yeah. Yes. Not 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 Kublai Khan. Kenshi Huang. And then I picked uh, Nubia. Yeah. 
Uh, I pick Nubia because they get cheap district building. So I only thought that when they built the Nubian pyramids that they got the cheap district building. No, they always get 20% discount to production to all of their districts. And if they build a Nubian pyramid, which is only limited to desert tiles, mind you, but if you build the Nubian period next to the city center, you get a 40% production bonus to all of your district built in that city, which you can build it all in the desert, which is a and really good. So further, like, man, further so enhanced yes. by Lang. If you have her in there, she has a 20% dist- for a new district. Yeah, but that, that's that, that's too much stacking. Like it's already cheap at 40%. I think it's a, that's a little much. It's a little ah, much. You didn't, you didn't have her? Did you not choose I her? I did not. No, I didn't. Because oh, man. I, I, I do feel like in Civ, especially with production and Civ, like percentage wise, if I get a 60% bonus on two production, that's not the best. It's like whatever. If mm. I get a but if like if I get a 60% on 10 production, yeah, that's great. But at that point, I'm already well established where 40% will make a significant difference. Mm. That's my opinion on it. Okay. Anyway, okay. uh I picked them because of the, the the cheaper districts, and then I built Oracle. I always promised Van Bradley I'm gonna build Oracle whenever you're in our games now because I'm sick of you getting Oracle. I built Oracle, rushed it straight to it, and then I built every district that I can get a great person in in my capital. So I didn't build a holy site in my capital because I didn't want to waste Oracle on holy profit points, but I built a campus, right. I built a theater square, I built a, uh, a, a commercial hub, I built an encampment even in there because I'm okay. like, you know what? That's great general points. I built everything that great uh, created great people points. And then you, you, you upgraded um, uh, Pingala, I'm guessing, as quickly as you could. I did that hundred yep. percent. Yeah, yep, exactly. And then uh, and then uh, I expanded like crazy. But we can get to that a little bit later. But the was who did you pick? I picked uh, Rome. Why? So really, when we're talking about era score, you can get era from like a bunch of crap. Right. So I just decided to pick like a stable sieve that could do pretty good, like no matter where I'm at. And I can just focus on where I can go from there. And so I was just like, Rome's like a solid sieve. It's also got a strong um, classical era unit, so no one can like eliminate me from the game because my legions would actually like stop that from happening. And it's something that gets um, you, their unique district and their unique unit very quickly because you get error score for that too, right? So yep. um, I just chose something that would just stack the front, and then hopefully I was just going to be carried off after that. It didn't work out that way during the game because my my land kind of when I looked back and like what gets you error score my land kind of screwed me for like 10 points early on, but that was my goal for that. Like Rome's a pretty solid sieve, you know, and might as well go for that. You get air score early that, you know, for Germany, for example, you know, he left four air score on the table, which is getting a U boat, which he, you know, you can't get right. So uh, that's and Bradley picked uh, Germany. For, yeah. That's for what I meant. Yeah. So I just went like, so I, I wanted to pick an earlier sieve that just got both those two things that gave you air score and was just a solid sieve. And Rome's like one of the solids. So you got free, that free culture um, from the monument. And then with Void Singers, you're just oh, that so much stronger, good. right? So that was my whole Yeah, goal. you were Void Singers. And, and you went Hermetic? Did you do that risk, Moy? Me? No, I went Void Singers. You I went for go Void Singers as well. Because I focused on, uh, I had a few holy sites. I had Feed the World. So like it affected my population, which affected my district building. So I went Feed the World to get yep, up yep, my makes population. Sense. Yeah. Yep. And as we learned, like uh, all districts, the first time you build them, they give you error score. So having, and I did not build nearly enough. 
uh, districts because there's a few that I had not built by the end of the game for sure. No, but you had a different strategy and I want to hear about your strategy. Sure. So I chose and I was very surprised that this Civ did not get banned. Very, very surprised. I thought about it. I had to think about it. Knowing you pick it. (laughs) Knowing that I pick it. Well, and I did. Um, So I chose Canada. And the main reason I chose Canada is because ever since I did the vector challenge for the culture and I forced myself to learn, you know, that my what I thought was the stupidest victory condition. Now I'm, you know, more or less proficient in it. So it's less stupid. Uh, It's still dumb. But uh, (laughs) so I chose Canada because one. I was going to go like a religious game and Canada, you know, they have a, a tendency to start in Tundra. And I was going to go like the work ethic route to do and then like have lots of Tundra to build wonders. So my hope was because Canada has got just an amazing production in Tundra now that they get the plus two for farming and they get the bonus to production for their mines and their camps. So I was really going to focus on a production game. That was my hope. Uh, And then, of course, the second big thing for Canada is that their Mounties have two charges Okay, two charges. So a mountain can be purchased with gold and have two charges to build a national park. So I was like, these two things combined, I believe I can use Canada. One of Canada, diplomatic and culture are are their two big ones. A little bit on religion, but diplomatic and culture are their two big ones. And even like diplomatic requires wonder building. So they're they're a very productive sieve. Their cities are capable of, uh, of an amazing output. And now with the new modifiers, they're capable of actually being somewhat larger too, which is good for districts. So that was the plan. Of course, where we started basically gave me one of those. Um, <laughs> I I started the with bird. a Canadian summer. Listeners. So yes, I, I, I flipped the bird. Yes, give them the finger. I started with a Canadian summer. So it was a spectacular starting zone for any Civ that wasn't Canada, but there was no tundra whatsoever. It was a beautiful, lush rainforest. I had like three amber near me. I had a mountain. I had a bunch of bonus resources. I had perfect rivers and Zozo became a very large city. So the irony here was that I chose Canada and I actually ended up in the beginning taking a significant lead but I did not. It was basically like a, a, a vanilla plain sieve with absolutely no special advantage whatsoever. I got the only advantage I got is that I couldn't declare war on city states. OK, like that was <laughs> it. There was no bonuses whatsoever to be Canada. Didn't start anywhere near Tundra. In fact, the closest Tundra was like 20 hexes away from my capital. And it like I had to like go around like a continent in order to get to it. But I rushed a settler. And then I, I went scout, scout, slinger, settler, and then the the uh, the Atunaki, whatever. I can never get that Antemanaki. right. And Temanaki. You knew what I was talking about, okay? <laughs> um, and this starting position, this river I had, like literally had like 12 floodplains. Uh, and, and and like two marshes yeah yeah you had your science early game was so crazy it has become one of my favorite wonders i i find that marshes are more common than you might think and just having that every marsh i think it's uh what two science one production one food 
extra that they're making? No food. Marsh already gives you three food. Okay. Um, so yeah, with Canada, I had like a 17 science very early in the game without building a single, uh, campus. And I essentially focused on with my religion, with the traveler, uh, culture. So I had science and culture very early and it worked great for me. I, Zozo was like a wonder marvel. Um, I built lots of wonders. I focused on also the Apidea and because I didn't get my tundra normally if i'm china or sorry china if i'm canada i would go heavy tundra work ethic and void singers uh and do a lot of religion no that there is no point i didn't i couldn't get my aurora so i went with the owls of minerva and they were amazing with canada fantastic with canada and i doubled down on it and uh, got the apidea like there were there were points in the game where for extended periods every single city state was my suzerain and I also built the, um, the, the what's it called? The, the, the kill, the Kilwashi, whatever. Um, Kilwa Kilsawani. Kilwas Kilsawan, which gives you the base, what, 15% and then uh, extra so for each So it gives you an Suzerian. extra 15% for the bonuses you get from city-states. If you're a suzerain of two of them, of the same type, so two science ones, you get an extra 30% towards right. the city that Kilwa is built in. Right. So Zozo yeah. was this amazing city and I had most of the city state suzerain, um, you know, yeah, people would take them. But like I would have um, I'd build a wonder and and I would be throwing down like seven with everything that I had going on. I'd throw down like seven at some point, seven envoys, you know, in one turn. Um, wow. It was nuts. Uh, ultimately, my civic cards were like great. Like I, Raj was making me like 14 of everything because of how many city states I had. And it was like, this is amazing. So yeah, I played the Canada wonder game. Uh, me and Moy were like neck and neck throughout most of the game. It was a very peaceful game. Nobody, uh, except for a skirmish between Germany and Rome that didn't end well for Rome. And then, uh, and yeah, that was, that was pretty much the tactic. And, and yeah, the Zozo was powerful. And then finally I did end up getting some Tundra and I built like three cities in the Tundra and they were all fantastic cities. But I didn't start skyrocketing in era score until uh, I got my Mounties and I was able to build a lot yeah. of um, of national parks where, unfortunately, uh, Moy, a little harder to plant trees in desert, you know, <laughs> you know, so uh, that really worked I also me. had all my tiles worked like they were all upgraded because I built so many builders. <laughs> so I didn't even have anywhere to go. I was like, I have to remove these. That takes too much time. I can't do this. It was so close, though, and really, like, ultimately, uh, Van Bradley and, and Nystagmus near the end each gave me, like, a bunch of gold. So it was very, very close. Like, even with the gold, I think it was it was, it was was very, very close. Uh, I ended up, I think, winning by five era score. Some of but, yeah, that last turn, I was able, like, Moy was, like, I don't know, nine ahead of me or something. I was like, ah, it's over. I can't, I can't do this. There's no way. And then somebody was like, have you, uh, did you levy military? You guys are like, all right, levy. Um, and unfortunately I wasn't paying enough attention because you guys had come in and like all of you collectively had removed a bunch of my Suzes. Uh, that was me. That was yeah. me. Yeah. So <laughs> I was only, I only had four that I was able to levy. Uh, and then at like the last minute, uh, Zozo's border, 
went so far as to encapsulate uh, a group of mountains on like the last turn. And I was able to get uh, one extra. And it, there were three or four Aeroscore, right? Four, one extra man. national yeah, park. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, with my Mounties. So the Mounties won it for me ultimately. But I think the strategy of like, I got a lot of Aeroscore for Susan and taking them away from people. I think you get one for when you first get them, and I think you get another if you take it away from somebody. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had one age where I wasn't in a golden age, and it was just normal age. Every other age, though, and I think we got, what, to industrial or modern? Every other age, I was a golden age with Canada. Just kept hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. Me and Moy had an amazing wonder race, and surprisingly... I think I upset Van Bradley more with my wonder building than anybody else. I think oh. I got a lot of the wonders he was going after. But yeah, I, I took the win in the end. And this is the first Zozo Shiv Show win in Ages. months. Yeah. In man. months. I have been losing week after week after week. I think this Stagmus has won like three games between now and the last time that I won. So yeah, it was uh, it was... It felt good. It felt good to stand up on that podium and get my gold medal. Finally, you are. You're, you're, you're on the podium. I, I was like, I was buried somewhere, somewhere else off, off like the whole competition. That game was just god awful for me. Um, yeah, what was your strategy going into that? Like, what was your plan? Did you have a plan? No. So, well, my plan was like again, I was trying to do Rome, like to 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 basically be a well-rounded yeah, uh, like, sieve. Uh, Above that, like, were you? Did you want to build wonders? Were you going for great people? Like, how did you plan on wonders accumulating Aeroscore? Was wonders. wonders. Okay. So I was going to focus okay. on production and culture, but so I started on this weird peninsula that had a one hex attachment to like the main other place, and there was a big lake between me and Germany, and then it was myself. So I only had my first four cities. I had two mountain tiles, and I had two river tiles. And everything else was just like planes that had nothing oh. and tundra, huh. right? So I started near the tundra. So I don't know why. I, maybe the computer thought I was Canada or something like that. Probably because um, I got all this tundra and a river tile. So I so I literally couldn't build my bath until like the medieval era because I just didn't have a wow. city on a river next to a mountain. And on top of that, I found out like. The other things I couldn't do. So I couldn't build the university next to the mountain. Like that's worth air score. My cities didn't have any like workable tiles. So like Rome, Rome got to like population nine. That was like by the end of the game. That was it. Wow. Um, it was on a lake. It had fresh water and that was it. Had barely any workable tiles. I basically like, honestly, I don't ever reroll. I would have rerolled that. Sorry. I don't mean to swear, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, I was just like, this is garbage. This is garbage land. But I was just like cheering about it. Like I didn't want to bring everyone down for the game, but I was just not having a good time with my with my production of my cities. And so I, I couldn't win any of the wonder races. I won one against Van Bradley and that was for the Coliseum. And I literally did that for no other reason other than the fact that I was Rome and I wanted the Coliseum. That was like literally the reason why I built it. So that that was the only reason I built it. And I just had one city on the coast and I had one other city in Tundra and I had another city up near that peninsula there. And I tried to expand past that, but then Moy was expanding faster than me and expanded kind of like the loyalty pressure would have killed me because you guys are all hitting golden ages and I was hitting no no golden ages. So the loyalty pressure was killing me on that. Like when I built that first city next to Germany, 
his loyalty pressure was like flipping my city. And so I was having trouble holding on to my cities because I wasn't hitting enough air score to even get to golden ages, which is what was like killing me. So that early like putt putt start, like just killed it. And even then, because I wasn't going for religion right away, I didn't get work. I couldn't get like the, the Aurora. So then I couldn't, I didn't have any mountains to build good holy sites on, even though I went for void singers, but I never came across owls because I never, I didn't meet a city state until like turn 30 or 40. So everything just went wrong, right? So I was my plan was get a good solid sieve, get a good solid production base up, just build wonders like the Dickens and push through with the uh, air score that way. But it just didn't work out that way because I just could never get my production up. And I was just waiting for someone to declare war on me and kill me, to be honest. Like I was just I was just like, why isn't anyone killing me yet? And then Grand Valley did. I was like, well, that's about like 20 turns too late, but okay, go for it, man. And <laughs> he just crushed me, right? Like I didn't have any... I didn't have any walls on my cities. I, that's how bad my production was. I didn't want to waste time building walls. No one's declaring war right now. I don't think anyone's going to. Let me just forget the walls, screw defenses. I just got to try to build like districts and get great people at this point. And I was like losing that war too, uh, that, uh, that battle for, for um, great people as well. I had like half, less than half of what Zoe ended up with at the end of the game for his error score. I had, under, I had less than 100 error score, right, by the end of the game. So... I, I think I think literally our start positions got juxtaposed because I would have had like a phenomenal start for Rome. Like I had iron right beside my city, had nice mountains, tons of rivers. You guys heard um, me, right? You, you got all my tundra. You, when I was like, you can tell I was tilting a little bit at my start because I said, I will literally crash quit this game if I don't get iron next to me. Right? Because Yeah, I remember I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. Because I was like, I was so unhappy with my start. I was like, if I also don't get iron so I can get my stupid legion so I can get at least some error score, I'm like I went ten turns without getting a single error score. Right? Like Wow. It was stupid. <laughs> did you get iron? Yeah, I did. There was one next to Rome. Okay. One there was one plot of iron. I was because as soon as I discovered it, I was like, if there's no iron, I'm like I'm like rage quitting the game. I'm gonna flip my keyboard over and just like walk away or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think Van Bradley had a similar experience to you, though. I think he had a hard time with his start location with Germany. I know he had like awkward city states, too, that I was surprised he didn't take out, you know, because he's Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do that. Yeah, he didn't take out anyone. Yeah, like he had Valletta, I think, was like right in the middle of his empire. And I'm like, wow, like, why? Why'd you let Valletta live? Like, I get Valletta's cool. Like letting you spend culture to buy walls and stuff is cool. Or sorry, uh, faith to to buy walls. But like, I don't know why. For some reason, he let these city-states live. Even, like, my city-states, they, they were a big source of power for me. Actually, uh, that would have been very irritating. The other thing, too, is you actually, like, explicitly stated that. Like, you were like, I'm going for the city-states, and that's my plan, guys. And, like, you literally just, like, spelled it out. And I was like, why would you tell that to Germany? Like, why would you say that? Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I fully expected him just to go on, like, a rampage to just destroy all the city-states. And then you'd be like, okay, I'm done now. Right. I think they would have given him error score too by killing those city states by taking over a city. He would have got error score, right? I think he might so. have. He might have. <laughs> so yeah, it was it, it more or less. I think most of the game it was between me and Nubia. Yeah. Um, but Nubia's cool. Like Nubia is like I think an, an underrated sieve. I think like they're they're yes. very very versatile. Um, and it's like it's their gold, but those those pyramids are awesome. And it's you can not, build they, them. They don't. They don't make gold inherently. They don't make inherently. gold. Well, they get they, no. They don't get gold from that. They get gold from. 
don't no, nothing, know. nothing, nothing. They do. They do get gold. They get gold from something. They, just, they get extra production towards archers. Their pyramids give food and faith to desert tiles, but they don't make gold. They just make no, they just they make do. districts. They got it. And they so, got it. No, I, I promise you, man, they don't make extra gold. You want you're, you're looking I'm looking them up. I'm looking them up. I'm like, all right, yeah, you, you look them up. Look yeah, them they up. do. They do get extra. Of course they do. What? I'm like, yeah, what? they do. They do. They get 30% oh, production God. towards range unit, 50% for bang, and then they get plus one production over mines and plus two gold for mines on bonus and luxury resources. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not insignificant. Um, you know, when you when me. you when you add to that. The Nubian Pyramid, which does get gold for being adjacent to a commercial hub, a harbor, or a holy site. Okay. No, so you holy add that. Faith, that's additional dog, gold. Faith for holy site. Okay. Don't mislead this people. That's, a, that's additional gold. Okay. That, uh, that they're getting. And then you add to that their district production bonus. You're likely on your, your desert lakes, uh, river tiles. You're likely going to have a commercial hub in every city. So yeah, they are. They are a. They are definitely a. Sure. A oh, whatever, gold. dude. I'll give it okay. to you. That's fine. Okay, they do. The last time I played Nubia, just even having the a copper mine, like or silver, it was like, oh my god, this is great. How much gold? Like that extra plus two early on for each of those, and that it adds up very very quickly. They are. They definitely are a versatile sieve. They've got the gold. They've got the production for uh, their their districts. Their archer ability is useful throughout the entire game. But that that early archer is great for killing barbarians. So you're not worrying about uh, barbarian scum. And then the Nubian pyramids create because I don't. I think they don't even. You can just you can just build them anywhere, right? No, you can desert, build them beside desert, each other. Desert. Yeah. Yeah. Desert, but, but be beside desert. each other, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and all of the districts give them bonuses, like all the main districts give them bonuses, right? Yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing to sneeze at. So I just, I've always found them to be a very versatile sieve. And uh, yeah, plus one food if adjacent to a city center. That's amazing. That's three food and two faith. On a desert tile. That's pretty good. On a desert tile. But they start, yeah. they always start, they start like huge desert. They didn't, they didn't even get the can to start. You started with desert everywhere. No, uh, and no, you no, got no, the pyramids. No, no. It was a split between. It was actually more ideal than that. It was, it was, a, it was desert, a little bit of desert, and all Greenland. I just used enough of the desert just to put a pyramid beside every city. That's it. I just mm. had one desert tile in every city. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. Yeah, dude. And then you surround all those pyramids with all the districts, and you get all those adjacency bonuses from those pyramids yes. too. Oh, I yes. had like three pyramids of surrounding one commercial hub. All the all those are generating gold. Yeah, so like I did get extra gold from those, I guess. But yeah, they're fun, man. So they're good. You're like no extra gold for a pyramid, and you like just said that you planned I forgot out about that. You I planned did, out I did like about that. <laughs> planned out commercial hubs in the game. I did. I did burn. forget about that. Yeah, I did forget about burn, it. But burn, whatever, burn. whatever. So I think my biggest takeaway from that game, though, is I I am not going to underestimate the power of one golden ages and two era score because they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, you snowball if you can get if you are guaranteeing yourself like if you're building one holy site and you get a you get a golden age in the classical era monumentality you're expanding that's probably like only like two cities but if then if you get it again oh my god dude you're expanding like crazy like 10 
cities. Boom, 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 boom. I had so many cities by the end of that game. It was crazy. All of them, like, like 10 plus population as well. <laughs> Humble brag, Nystagmus. Uh, it was awesome over <laughs> yeah, here. How's my dark? How's my classical dark age for my classical era Civ? Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> era score is amazing. Like gold ages are so important. Fantastic. So important. And it, we didn't even have the. Um, we didn't even have like a checklist or anything. I should have. I keep saying, gotta have the checklist to make sure that you're getting all of your era score because there's there's some that are repeatable. There's ones that are only once. Moy got like. Uh, circumnavigate the globe and on meet all 30, civilizations. On turn yeah. 30, I circumnavigated yeah. the globe. It was so fast. Immediately, I sent my scout. Okay, I built two scouts off the beginning. I sent one left. I sent one right. I'm like, okay, they're going to go around the world eventually. And they got there very quickly. <laughs> no, I built two scouts Five too. And they, score. they both got killed by barbarians. <laughs> uh, see, that sounds like a you problem. Mm, this is not mm. a surprisingly lot like a you problem. Mm-hmm. 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 So uh, we want to we want to talk about some mods, though. I think you wanted to talk about yeah, one mod in, in sure. particular. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't do a show last week, but I well, there's two mods I wouldn't mind. I don't know if we've talked about the extended religion mod yet, but um, oh, we haven't. I don't know if we have. Uh, I, no, we I, haven't. I think All it's, right, let's talk it's, about that too. Expand your religions. Yeah. I think the, the so let's talk about that one first. The, I think that I could see that becoming a more permanent fixture on the Civ show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Everybody gets a religion. There's you know room for sixteen religions, but the it's an expanded pantheon. It's an expanded beliefs. I I don't think any of them like we haven't found any. I think that are broken. They're all a lot of fun. Things like, you know, plus one food and tundra, you know. That's debatably pretty broken, but you, you we, know, can, well, we can debate depends. that until the cows come home. So yeah, the, the cool thing is that it's just a passive plus one food and tundra, yeah. right? Um, so but like even there's there's, I think, uh, plus one faith from forests, I think is one or it's, it's either uh, culture or, or forest. Not quite that simple, but I Something like that. I don't know. Do you have a list out in front of you? No, because then that would take away breathtaking tiles. Like, come on. I don't think that's a the uh, the Cthulhuic cult. One of my new favorites. Uh, all your breathtaking tiles produce one science. Right. Ah, so that's so a it's good like one. the Earth yes. Goddess, but and it's just this passive science that you're getting. You know, there's the eight gold belief, eight gold per wonder. For, oh, if you got that for one, wonder. you'd be making so much money. No, I, 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 I had that but one. That was why I, my, my goal was to build wonders, right? So I got that. <laughs> oh, man. But no, because I want, I beelined. I, once I got monarchy, I beelined to conservation to get my mounties, to get my um, national parks. Yeah. And I got it pretty quick because I, I focused so heavily on culture and all of my cities had my religious building so i went uh choral music uh or choral music or whatever that is choral uh and then i took the religious pressure 100 percent religious pressure for trade routes so did that you i could took spread that one, really i did because i i think i what? took the um pl- plus one f- culture for every four followers of the religion oh, so i wow. wanted to make sure okay. that my religion was spread everywhere and especially like you and me got into a bit of a religious skirmish yeah at the end yeah yeah i wanted to make sure that uh, that that went on i i might have not taken the, the absolute best ones that it could have taken but yeah it's it's fun it, there's a lot of wacky 
what like the militaristic one uh, plus five combat for uh, oh, theological that's combat strength. Theological yeah. combat. Those are my pipes. Sorry if that's uh, loud. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's uh, definitely I think for the mods that that we've played with, it's like a background mod. It's it's significant. Like don't get me wrong, and it's it's an extra layer of complexity. But I don't feel it's broken, and it's fun. Like just lots of fun, wacky options. It definitely changes the game of Civ. But if you're playing with a group of friends that you've been playing for over a year with every week, then you know you kind of like to spice things up a little bit. You want to introduce new things into the room. You know, you want to just try to add add some flair into it. You know, things get old pretty quick. You know, you want to just add some new things, add some new. I don't know if you guys are getting my joke here. That's fine. No, okay. Yeah. I, all right. <laughs> Your joke is bad. You should feel on. bad. Whatever. We let's move on to. Uh, oh no, you have another mod. You, you, uh, you and then yeah, I just about. I wanted to briefly. Um, I, I missed last Good Morning Amenities, but the one before that, I tried out the Knights of Solomon, and I actually uh, that might be the game I choose when when we regather in September. The Knights of Solomon is a mod that presents like it is a powerful but like i like it's powerful but i don't think it, i don't know i think all of the secret societies are game breaking for for certain civs okay like rome and void singers it's just an amazing combination or mali and void singers or brazil and the hermetic order you know these can be amazing yeah. combinations this one though for a couple civs is like yeah really game breaking i kind of i think i kind of want to explore that the new Knights of Solomon, this mod, it's focused on the Knights Templar. Okay, that's the idea. It's like the Knights Templar. And it emphasizes, it, it allows you to found a religion early and military might. Okay, that's uh, all the secret societies. Like even the vampires aren't necessarily military, right? The vampires gives you vampires and the vampires can be powerful. But ultimately, the vampires main thing is their castles and having a super amazing capital, right? Right off the bat, the level one, and this is probably the most powerful of all of them for, for just setting the game for you. You get it from either a barbarian camp or a tribal village, okay? So okay. first of all, that's kind of easy to get. And it gives you plus two great general points a turn, if you take it, and plus two great profit points. A turn. Wow, just passively. If you take it. Damn, that's, that's actually kind of nuts. And all of your religious units gain two more spreads. Okay. Okay. What? So oh you are guaranteed to get a religion. You're going to get a religion rather rapidly, okay? And, and it's possible that you're going to get, like, one of the first religions. So that's, that is potent. The spreading religion is also pretty good. It's not, like, spectacular, but it's also pretty good. It can stack up. Like, I had, uh, you know, in that game, you know, you could get up to, like, eight with wonders. The general points, they're neat, but like generals get a point where there's just like diminishing returns where if you have too many generals, you know, their, their bonuses aren't really stacking and you start just using them. Uh, it's, I guess, nice to deprive your enemies of them. So that's number one. So that's probably their most powerful one. And it is pretty powerful. OK, but I just found like as the game went on, it be like once you get a religion, you know, obviously the profit points aren't doing anything for you. And once you get like three or four generals, now you're waiting a long time for the next general and you don't really need them. The plus spreads is pretty significant, though. We've this, learned the that two that's spreads, pretty significant. Yeah, the two spreads is, is, is definitely significant. It's all religion. So, I'm, I, you know, the guru's getting two extra uses 
I oh, think. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, I, I'm guessing. I, it just it says all religious units gain two additional Spread charges, spreads, but not necessarily maybe it's just, charge charges. Maybe it's just the apostles and the missionaries. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to double check. Um, Inquisitors too, I think. The next yeah. promotion is called sergeant. So you start as a chaplain, then you become a sergeant. So that's your medieval era one. And it lets you construct the Temple of Solomon. And the Temple of Solomon gives you five faith. Okay, so it replaces the temple. Okay, so it replaces the temple. It gives you plus five faith. And all of your military units in the city are 50% cheaper. Okay, which is significant. You know, if you have that and a right policy card, you're paying half price. All right, for all of your things. Now, here's the problem, though. This This is the problem. They... They have that, but they have no bonus at this point for gold. And that's problematic. So what I found being them is that you have pretty much every city has to build a temple and then has to build either a market or a harbor. You're not building a barracks. You've got to build those because you otherwise you're going to go into bankruptcy. And I found playing them like gold was very difficult to manage. Uh, And I was always pushing you know, plus 10 would be great, which also became problematic when you need to upgrade because maintaining this army is very expensive. And so you have to put a lot of resources. And I found that was sort of their their disadvantage and their religion. You would be wise to put stuff into gold instead of into military. Right. You may be like I did take crusade, but maybe it would have been better to take something for gold. Get You know, take um, Tiff. Uh, pie to tithes or whatever tithe, um tith. yeah one of those tith tithe i think it's pronounced tithe so that was the difficulty having all those units very very expensive then you become the noble knight okay now this isn't a not until the industrial era and there's a cost to this so you get a plus five percent faith and gold bonus this is empire wide per military policy card in your government Okay, if you've ex- constructed at least one of the temples of Solomon, you also gain one additional military slot. Now, that sounds rosy and fantastic, but the trouble that I found was that I basically, by that time, I was in deficit. I was like, crap, I'm losing money. I now need to have a bunch of military cards. So I was using military cards I didn't really need, but I just needed them to give me that plus 5%. Uh, gold and and I found that like I was monarchy and I had you know a nut and I by having six I think I, had, I was able to manage six military cards by this point and I was able to 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 keep my gold balance but it became very difficult so yeah you build cheap units but once you're at a capacity that's it like that bonus isn't doing anything anymore you're not building more units and then I the the last final one the grand master is your apostles grant an adjacent military uh, units plus five combat strength. Your holy <laughs> sites gain gold equal to their adjacency bonus. So by wow. the atomic era, you're now able to actually support this huge army. So, you know, it it, it was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy it. It is a, it is definitely strong. I do want us to use do it on the Civ show. And and the next game that I get to design, it might be that we're going to play Knights of Solomon, but we're all going to be because I was like thinking, well, who would this be amazing with? So obviously Byzantine would be amazing with the Knights of Solomon. Uh, obviously, uh, Grand Columbia would be amazing if they had, yeah. you know, bonus general points. OK, with all Mali the other bonuses be with them, too, because mm-hmm. they build commercial hubs to support that. Uh, I thought faith. Mongolia 
would be amazing. Yeah, with I think them, Spain would be good with that too. Yeah, so so likely that's the game we're gonna play. Extended religion with the Knights of Solomon, uh, Knights of Solomon on, and because it's barbarian camps and tribal villages, likely everyone will get them. You don't have to take them, right? You could take something else, but we'll I, I will specifically hand select. Uh, it'll be a leader pool, and it'll be Byzantine, uh, Grand Columbia, and a couple other likely horse sieves. And we'll just have a battle royale Knights of Solomon. Because uh, I want your guys' take Does on that it, mean too. Like, in the are, game? are they... Are you going to let Scythia be in the game? You said horse, you said horse sieve. Yeah, Scythia. Scythia, yeah. I, I, and if we, it was in the pool, I would get it. I would get Scythia. Oh, 100%. I might not have Scythia just because I don't want to be Scythia again. Okay. Although maybe they might they might be good with with this just because they're one thing is a it's a builders make it right. It's not a building. Uh, but that was the one thing is I just found like, well, every city you want to have your your Knight of Solomon, you want to have that the, the temple there. But then you also need a gold generator. And that made it a little trickier to also support a barracks or also support a stable uh, or any like science or anything like that. But yeah, it's interesting. I want to get your guys' take on it. It definitely is strong. I think there's an argument to be made that like, yes, it's going to be strong with like specific sieves, but like, I think all secret societies have one or two sieves that like they break. They just make so incredibly powerful. Chimere with Void Singers is ridiculous. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> Knights of Solomon, they probably wouldn't do too good with Knights of Solomon, right? And so I think there's an argument to be made that there are just some sieves that the the secret societies they break them, and this is one as well that yeah there's going to be some sieves, and that's what I want to experiment with. We'll we'll probably have a game where we will we'll choose the best ones for it. Lastly, before we end, we want to celebrate the 4X genre as a whole as a new game has come out at full release. Humankind has come out, and Fraxis has sent their best wishes to. Uh, Amplitude Studios and Humankind for a good release. It seems to be pretty popular among the Civ 6 streamers. So Nystagmus, please, can you tell us what we're going to do this Sunday uh, considering that? So we are going to take a break from Civilization and we're actually going to going to go ahead and play one of the, the newer games that's out there for the 4X world, which is Humankind. Um, and so we're all going to play that, a multiplayer Humankind game um, and see how Ooh. that works. Um, and just like uh, along with the rest of the month, which is the Van Bradley and whoever else is available. So Van Bradley will be with us again. Um, and all three of us will be there as well. But going along the lines of whoever else is available, it seems that uh, Mr. Butler was available for that game as well. So Peppermint Butler will be joining us. Um, uh, on Peppermint Butler. So dreamy. Will my grudge match from Van Bradley in the last Civ game spill over to humankind? Will Zoe be able to extend his win streak to two games for the first time ever? Find out next time on <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to the multiplayer. I've been I've been fiddling with it. I've been fiddling with with humankind, and it's it is very it is a very interesting game. It like I like that to the tutorial. There's two tutorials. There's the I've never played a, a historic strategy game tutorial. And there's I'm familiar with the historic. And, and, and when you do that one, you, you instantly see 
that yes, this is there's lots of overlap between it and civilization. It uses hex grid. The map more or less is the same basic idea. Obviously, it's it, it's an incredibly different game. Much fewer cities, and the way cities are built is very different. Very it's something different. definitely for both of you. I would say before Sunday, try to at least get the tutorial done. I've played. I just haven't okay. played since release. No man. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna I, learn the game live. We're gonna do it no, live. No, don't do no. don't do that. No, don't do that, man. Don't do it. We're, we're warning you, dude. It's a lot to take in. You need like. Ooh. You're you're about to be in it for shock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. The 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 thing is, the when I'm watching like other people play it like online, the the way it's presented gives me anxiety. Like, <laughs> like just so much stuff can be done on the screen. I've, gives me a I've little bit of anxiety. I've never seen multiplayer yet. Yeah, it's, there's a lot, but I've never seen multiplayer yet. So I'm I'm, I'm very fascinated with how that's going to work. There's a lot, yeah, a lot to take in. But yeah, it is. It's a fascinating game. And I think the way that we're going to end up playing it is more exploring the game than anything else. But we'll definitely throw you guys some wars and some other things to explore the mechanics. But I highly recommend that Moy and Astagmus, if you can, at least get a tutorial, the tutorial under your belt. It'll, it'll take you like an hour just to get the basics. It's very like I think as a Civ player, they designed it with us in mind. They, you know, obviously they wanted to have that. Civ players are going to try this out. I think the timing of it's perfect that, you know, we're done with the, the Frontier Pass. So now Civ players are looking for something new. Here, enter uh, Humankind, and there's enough overlap. But it's also a very different game, very different objectives. You know, it's not like play one Civ throughout the entire game. You can transcend into Civs. A lot of neat features. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to, to having discussions, too, with... Um, with Peppermint Butler and Van Bradley. Already I've seen some mechanics that like, I know Pep Van Bradley hates that I'm like, ah, this is awesome. Uh, you know, specifically <laughs> the uh, the mechanic where your people may not want to go to war with a, a, a neighboring state that no, they've been that wasn't, trading that with. that wasn't exactly it. That wasn't exactly it. Okay, it was, it has, I think it has to do we'll, with we'll, that. We'll get his words. Exactly. We'll get his words. We'll get his words. Uh, but it's the, you know, it's the... Um, a surrender system that he didn't like yes, right the, yeah but that's ba that's what it's based on okay, okay. you have okay. to have the support of your people to go to war so you 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 don't just go to war you got to build up to it you got to get your people riled up and it's something i've always found lacking in a lot of strategy games is that like well you know we had an alliance and we've been at peace for so long you know why is it all of a sudden now that peace is over let's just go to war it's like well no you're like you're you got a close relationship with this civ why would your people be okay with it so yeah i'm lo I'm looking forward to everybody's take on it and i'm hoping that like we do talk a lot about the gameplay uh so that if nystagmus gets defeated you know he doesn't feel bad no <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up i do know that there is a character creation system in the game so make sure you create your character because you're not picking a leader anymore you are the leader so you got to create your character and fun fact you can even download other characters to be featured in your game so you can download moisauce you can download raising zozo nystagmus potato mcwhiskey boastheus peppermint butler any of your favorite creators you can download and have in your game so after sunday you're gonna have the three folks from the Civ show available once we figure it out 
to download to put into your games. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's really Excellent. cool. So yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, it was great to have the whole family back uh, for a podcast. So I uh, hope everybody enjoyed today. Uh, lots of stuff that we talked about. Definitely looking forward to exploring some of them mods in the future, especially the Knights of Solomon. I'm looking forward to getting your guys' take on it. And uh, please tune in on Sunday for our last, the last of the Van Bradley Spectacular and everyone, anyone else is available where we actually have an anyone else available guest. So that's going to be <laughs> lots of fun. Uh, and of course, please, please, please join us on Wednesday for the D&D show. Lots of fun going on. It's our seventh session. A uh, lot of interesting things on the go. So join us on Wednesday. Otherwise, that's it, guys. It's it was great seeing both of you on a Thursday. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get these family style running more in the future. We'll get that Zoda, you know, get back on board. Yeah, uh, show but that's up, it, man. Yeah, we'll get him to show up. <laughs> I'll I'll talk to him. I'll send him a memo. I'll send him a memo. Right. Okay, hey, get him out of the uh, dumpster. Pull him out. Get out of I there. I will. I'll pull him out. I'll pull him out. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's Raising Zozo saying uh, good night. You guys want to say good night? Good night. Yeah, good night. Good night.